Hello. Welcome to the New Testament in a Year. I'm Sean Bailey. This is episode number nine. We'll be diving into Mark chapter nine today. So, grab your Bible if you can. Listen closely if you will, and let's preview our reading. So, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9 kind of unfolds like this sacred drama. <laughs> it offers us a front seat to three transformative acts. We're going to see this transfiguration on the mountain. Listen for that. And then we'll see the heart-wrenching encounter between Jesus and a father that's seeking deliverance for his son that's being tormented. And then we'll see a revolutionary teaching on true greatness that then and now challenges conventional, conventional wisdom. So let's dive deep into Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. We'll start in verse 1 together. And we will read all the way through to verse 50. Mark chapter 9. Then he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a mountain by themselves to be alone. He was transfigured in front of them. His clothes became dazzling, extremely white, as white as no launderer on earth could whiten them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be up here. Let's set up, up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah because he did not know what to say since they were terrified. A cloud appeared, overshadowing them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept this word to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Then they asked him, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Elijah does come first and restores all things, he replied. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did whatever they pleased to him just as it is written about him. Verse 14. When they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes disputing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. He asked them, What are you arguing with them about? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. 
Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive him out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, You unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked the father. From childhood, he said. And many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was quickly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Then it came out, shrieking and throwing him into terrible convulsions. The boy became like a corpse, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him, and he stood up. After he had gone into the house, his disciples, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he told them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. Verse 30. Then they left that place and made their way through Galilee, but he did not want anyone to know it, for it was teaching, for he was teaching his disciples and telling them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after he is killed, he will rise three days later. But they did not understand this statement, and they were afraid to ask him. Verse 33. They came to Capernaum when he was at the house, and he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, because on the way, they had been arguing with one another about who was the greatest. Sitting down, he called the twelve and said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. He took a child, had him stand among them, and taking him in his arms, he said, Whoever welcomes one little child such as this in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but him who sent me. Verse 38. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Don't stop him, said Jesus, because there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name who can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. And whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, truly I tell you, he will never lose his reward. Verse 42. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to fall away, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to fall away, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell, the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to fall away, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eyes cause you to fall away, gouge it out. 
It's better you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the wor- where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt should lose its flavor, how can you season it? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with one another. That was Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. What an interesting journey. Very extraordinary, as the word (laughs) plays on it pretty well. We've seen some profound truths and we've encountered some very interesting experiences, especially if we put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples. Let's reflect on what we just read. As we reflect on Mark chapter 9, the that transfiguration where Jesus is transfigured it invites us to look for these moments of awe in our lives Jesus revealed his divine nature on that mountain as white as our eyes could imagine as shining and glimmering that our eyes could handle we would be in awe if we saw that We should strive to seek those moments because the world around us, the handiwork of God and the pure grace of Jesus, looking at where, how far we've come because of his great sacrifice and the promises that we have. Mercy. Lord, help us to seek and recognize the the sacred in our daily experiences. Let's think about the desperate pleas of the Father. That desperate plea challenges us to bring even our deepest concerns to Jesus with unwavering faith. And in our moments of doubt, and we're human, in our moments of doubt, we can echo just what that Father cried out. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. I want to believe because of that man's desire and his, his belief that he sought after. Jesus healed his son. Think about the teaching that was very radical at the time and still today and quite revolutionary on, on, on gentleness, true gentleness and greatness how it reshapes our understanding of success and influence. Jesus, he embraces a child and it highlights the values of humility and service and a childlike faith. True greatness, according to Jesus, is found in our willingness to humbly serve others, to humbly serve others and to approach life with openness and trust like a child. So those are three quick ways we can find personal application in that scripture. Seek out places, things, testimonies that inspire awe and reverence to God. Create moments of reflection and gratitude in your daily routine. Strengthen your faith. Take intentional steps to see ways that you can Ask God to help your unbelief. 
trust God more deeply, even in the face, face of uncertainty, and embrace his true greatness. Find one, ways, one way to serve others. For the first will be last, and the last will be first. That's a lot of powerful scripture in, in this chapter. I hope that uh, our reading today and our application thereof is was inspiring and eye-opening and ultimately glorifying to God. May we take steps to walk closer to Him. Have a great day, guys. I look forward to talking to you soon. Be blessed.